Well, welcome back to the show today. I will once again be joined by Josiah Eberlin from the Pondering Politics YouTube channel. Lots to get into starting off with this. I came across an interview from a little while ago that an individual right-wing commentator named Benny Johnson did with a bunch of what he referred to as the based caucus uh, or a bunch of the hardcore mega people. And one of them in the interview was Marjorie Green. So we'll focus in on the moments from her that I want to take a look at Josiah. But strangest interview, if you want to torture yourself to go listen to the whole hour as I was doing to pick out these moments. Um, but I don't know if there's much I can say to introduce this. So let's just dive in to this moment. And I think the American people are hungry for them. Um, but many of them have already been seen. Tucker Carlson did a great job highlighting them. Julie Kelly did a great job. John Solomon, many others have highlighted these tapes. Now the blaze will do the same thing. Um, but I, I completely agree. We need to have no fear of January 6th because many of these people did nothing wrong. They walked into the Capitol uh, and that's all they did. And they shouldn't be persecuted like they are. We should fight back against this narrative. We can say the election is stolen all we want to. There's nothing wrong with it because I do believe the election was stolen. I do believe Donald Trump won in 2020. And I don't care how mad and angry the left is and the media and whoever wants to make fun of me for saying that or anyone saying that elections are extremely important. And, and you know, Troy Nels is absolutely right. Donald Trump is being persecuted because he's winning and they are going to do everything they can to stop him in 2024. And they're going to do everything they can to steal it again, Benny. And we should be talking about that because they are going to try to stop him, whether it's Colorado, Minnesota, Georgia, my own state, any state where they can take his name off the ballot or they can uh, use the systems with the absentee ballots. There's nothing wrong with talking about that because the absentee ballots are ripe for fraud and many states did not change their laws from 2020. And these are the things that matter to us. And, and, and Greg Stubbe's right. Troy Nels is right. If we don't have the White House, we can do nothing. But still at the same time, it is our job as elected Republicans to fight as hard as possible in our capacity and pressure other Republicans to stand up and be courageous because these are trying times. These are perilous times and we're losing our country. So obviously super dangerous. You've heard this now from lots of right wingers. The next election is now going to be stolen. They're already saying it just like how Trump before the 2020 election said it before every election he's been in. He said, I won't accept it necessarily if I feel it was unfair. And so you can already imagine the second that it looks like Biden's going to win. Um, which hopefully will play out. It's going to be an explosion of conspiracy theories. It's going to be 2020 all over again, but next level. And I'm not looking forward to that. No, I, I, I would say I appreciate how gracious Marjorie Taylor Greene was saying that she doesn't care if those on the left and those in the media make fun of her because I do and shall continue to. Thank you, Marge. Appreciate it. But yeah, the fact of the matter is that the Republican Party will never accept an election outcome in which they do not win. Period. Full stop. Infinitely worse on the Republican side by far than the Democratic side. Donald Trump refused to commit to 
the results of the election in 2016. People tend to forget that because he won, lost the popular vote, by the way, even as unpopular as Secretary Clinton was. She is more popular than Donald Trump. He refused to commit to the results of the election and the peaceful transfer of power in 2020, then broke both. And it's the same thing here. If he is asked next year, hey, will you commit to the election outcomes? He won't do it. It's, you know, it's heads I win, tails you lose, that sort of thing. That's it. They can't conceive or refuse to acknowledge a any timeline in the multiverse in which they don't win the election. And you know that, Luke, because going back to 2020, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene over here is complaining about absentee ballots. They're rife for abuse. Meanwhile, they never prove statistically significant abuse and uh, for fraud. And by the way, when we do have instances of it being committed, it's very often by Republicans. That's awkward. Mm. You guys have no credibility on that score, less credibility than Democrats. And also, by the way, you have no problem counting absentee ballots and mail-in ballots on the down-ballot races. That was the other funny thing, Luke. You get this ballot, it's either delivered in person or absentee, they're fine with every Republican who won the down ballot races. It's just the one at the top. That's where the fraud is. Mm. It's one of those like selective fraud ballots, Luke, where the fraud's only at the top. And you listen, just you don't understand, Luke. It's like it's a really insidious form of fraud. Biden These coordinated it all while hiding all the evidence of his own criminal enterprise and also he doesn't know where he is um yes you mentioned yes. 2016 i think we also forget that trump after he won in 2016 started saying it was stolen the popular vote was from him and said that it was millions of undocumented immigrants that got counted and that's why he lost the popular vote and then he commissioned someone to look into it and obviously there was no evidence of that he's such a sore loser that he's a sore winner it's crazy he is the inauguration crowds luke remember he's like yeah and they put the they put the pictures side by side i had i had 70 kabillion people at my inaugural rally four gazillion times more than obama had he is. It's so pathetic. And, and and I this is something again I emphasize on my channel. That needs to be made fun of relentlessly. We should have you shouldn't take this seriously at all. You shouldn't entertain it. It's dangerous. I want to be clear yeah. about this. What she's espousing is dangerous. So take it seriously in that respect. But her views on this, especially three years later, they don't deserve respect, folks. They really don't. It's pure conspiracy theory, and it's dangerous to this country. And I do think it has to be called out as with Trump and as that sort of sore loser uh, crybaby energy. Because one thing, especially with Trump, reportedly he hates more than anything, is be being called weak or a coward. And, and so I think reminding people that reportedly – there were times where people heard him say, you know, defeated, uh, hunched over. I can't believe I lost to that guy. And then because he's such a snowflake, he made this entire conspiracy theory and built a whole universe for, for all of his followers to live in. So none of them would have to accept something that hurt to accept. But if you're an adult and if you care about democracy, you go, ah, oh, that is a bummer just like how it was horrible when Trump won in 2016, but you have to be able to accept it and you can't just create a whole world in which that didn't happen. Um, also, one thing yeah. I'll say before throwing it back over to you we have more to look at from this interview, but the 
I don't care what people say. I believe the election was stolen. I believe the election was stolen. The way she said that sounded so much like a bunch of the Trump supporters I've talked to um, who, after I do the whole list of facts, every court case, investigation, recount it, and debunk the claims they're making. Oh yeah, that particular video you saw, that's because they were saying this and that's actually, they resort to, I don't know, I just believe it was. And it's the emphasis on a belief system that's more supernatural than it is empirical as it relates to Trump. Trump has become that sort of religious uh, putting your belief as the first thing sort of phenomenon, and it's disturbing. He's a de He is a deity to them. He really is. I mean, we actually know that to be the case because not only do you have we, – we have anecdotal evidence from your recorded interviews. We've seen it in action, but we also have polling which from which we can extrapolate. People think, Republicans think that Trump is more trustworthy mm. than their family, than their religious leaders, than longtime conservative political leaders. It is a cult. And I understand that some people have hesitated over the years to use that phrase, but it is. You actually have cult experts, social psychologists, uh, sociologists, people as well who are like, no, no, no. It meets the check marks all the way through for a cult. And again, you, you said something about you know how Trump – hates being characterized as a loser. That's why my hope as we head into the next year and the Democrats ramp up the messaging campaign against Donald Trump, I hope they push that button relentlessly. You know how Donald Trump brand, crooked Joe Biden, crooked Hillary, lying Ted, it should be loser Donald, loser Donnie, Loser Trump. Loser, loser, loser. Make it his first and last name. Make it loser Trump, loser. You know, it needs to be a thing. That needs to be in his head all the time. Anytime he hears about himself, sees it. Because you, I'll say this. You know Trump obsessively watches not just flattering things about him, but he keeps an eye on unflattering. Like he can't help himself. You know, he's constantly monitoring people who say bad things about him. So that's the, the word that should be used constantly with Donald Trump from Democrats and everybody else. Loser. Because that's exactly what he is. Mm. Uh, next clip. We have checked, literally checked, $200,000, $40,000 written to Joe Biden from his brother, Jim Biden. They are the crime family. They're the Biden crime family. They are so corrupt. Our Department of Justice needs to go after them. And even the wires that uses his personal address as the verification for where the wire should be sent to. Because that's just money laundering, right? So you report that you got a loan payment, you don't pay taxes on that. Like low level. Well, but think about it. It yeah. was a $400,000 payment to Hunter, of which it just so happens, $40,000 check goes to Joe Biden. That sounds like 10% for the big guy. That's a perfect 10% for the big guy. It's like actually the math, math, the math works perfectly. It's 10%. So that, so who would be attorney general? The videos we're recording will be released on different days, but the theme for today's recording day is I'm just tired. I'm tired of the nonsense and then taking it all so seriously. And I sit and I say, okay, audience, you know, Let's walk through why what they're saying is not accurate and no, he wasn't bribed and that was just a loan repayment. How <laughs> that could possibly be suspicious. Oh, and James Comer did the exact same thing with his brother. But I'm tired of it. It doesn't matter. It does matter because I'm happy that, like I said, my audience knows better. But uh, it doesn't matter for those individuals. I recorded it recently and it'll come out sometime during the break. 
another episode of Mocha's with MAGA, which is the docuseries where I sit down with Trump supporters and have conversations over coffee. This time there was actually no coffee, but you know, that's the idea. And uh, I got on this subject with a guy and it just made me so sad to sit with somebody and be able to explain exactly why the Victor Shokin thing was not proof of corruption, you know, Biden pushing for the firing. I'm not going through that again. <laughs> Reference all my past videos. I won't do it. <laughs> Reviews. Um, <laughs> you're, you're speaking of someone who's had trauma. You can't make me yeah. do it again. I'm not going to cover it again. <laughs> I'm not going to. Stop. I know you're bringing that up. I'm not going to. Um, but the point is, in summary, it's not proof of what they say it is. And uh, like at all, it's like the opposite. Um, Biden was just doing the thing he should do as VP. Now I'm going to explain it again. No. Um, and I explained it. He was kind of shouting over me the whole time. And then at the end, he goes something like, gosh, you just don't want to talk about Biden's corruption. And I was like, we spent like 10 minutes talking about it. I explained to you. And he was like, he's one of the most corrupt presidents or whatever. And then that did lead to him saying there's a two-tier justice system, a two-tier justice system, a two-tier justice system until the end. He just kept shouting that and then left and stormed out. It was very cr crazy. But I'm just tired of that. And that breaks my heart to know that people are so deep. I know this is long. I apologize, Josiah. They're plugged in. No, man, in. hey, you're preaching. Get it off your chest, <laughs> Thank you. This is just therapy <laughs> for me. They're so deep in that rabbit hole that I can't pull them out of it. Even if they're there, we have time, we have all the time in the world, I can explain exactly, specifically what that $40,000 payment was, it was lowering payment or whatever, and it doesn't matter. <sighs> Breaks my heart. Yeah, so it's uh, it's maddening. I, I say that as somebody who, um, and I can't speak for you or anybody else, but I will tell you, uh, I have people who I consider to be part of the MAGA cult in my family. I have friends who are part of the MAGA cult, and and it has strained certain aspects of our uh, relationship. I, I'm happy to say they're mostly successful, but like I know it, this is extremely challenging spiritually, mentally, psychologically. It really is. Uh, so you, you, I, I'm with you on that. Now, my I guess my only question is, what's the Victor Shokin thing? <laughs> no, no. No, 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 but, but no. Listen, no, no, but. But no, to your point, this is what I mean, and 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 honestly, I think even like David Pakman's talked about this too when he's in her, when when they've talked about like deprogramming, and you and I've talked about it. It takes extraordinary effort and manpower and numbers to deprogram somebody from a cult. Like I don't can't remember the exact ratio, but it involves like an like extraordinary time, isolation, constant pressure from family members and friends and loved ones like it's a disproportionate amount of everything to get one person to leave a cult and it's not like it has a hundred percent success rate even in the first place so you can throw all that time effort and manpower and trying to deprogram somebody and at the end of the day they still may you know stay with it and so think about that we're talking about tens of millions of people <sighs> this is the problem we don't have the opportunity to to deprogram people. Um, that's why it's even more imperative to beat Donald Trump and to make it clear. And this this is and again, I'm speaking to your audience, who I'm sure if they're eligible voters, they will probably go out and vote for President Biden or whoever the Democratic nominee is. Um, 
over the Republican. But the point is this. Every eligible voter, in my opinion, folks, this is, this is what we have to stop. Regardless of where you fall on certain policy positions, we have to save the country from a cult, a dangerous cult, a cult that radically reshapes reality that has no limiting principle. And even those who know better within the Republican Party, Luke, as we've talked about, those who are like, oh, my God, this is insane. They are too cowardly to put a stop to it. We saw it with Kevin McCarthy, with Mitch McConnell, with whatever. They just like, ah, maybe it'll, it'll solve itself. And it's not going to, at least not as long as Donald Trump remains a viable political candidate. So what we have to do is show the Republican Party, if you keep the MAGA strain, if that's what animates you, you will lose every major election again and again and again. They didn't perform well in the 2022 midterms. They got shellacked in the 2023 off-year elections. They lost the White House and the Senate in 2020. We have to keep, that's the only way we're gonna make progress. Beat them again and again and again and again and again until they have a paradigm shift within themselves. And like, you know what? Maybe we need to revisit what our platform is and become transition rather from an authoritarian cult back to a conservative loyal opposition. This is the only way beating them in every election we possibly can. That's it. It's sad because I I do want to believe it feels more fun to be like, no, the way we're going to fix this is to convince everybody to not be crazy. There are people who we need to activate in the middle and on the left. Some moderate Republicans we can get to winning is the solution to the rest. Well, I have a moment here for you, the audience, and you just, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but Harris Faulkner was doing her show and brought two correspondents on. One of them was Mary Harf, I think it is. And Mary very nicely explained the truth about Donald Trump, why he was removed from the ballot in Colorado, according to the recent Colorado Supreme Court decision. And obviously that made Harris Faulkner and the other guy on screen very uncomfortable and unhappy before playing that clip it's a good one let me show you a clip that harris faulkner will be referencing over and over and it's this from biden Well, I think it's certainly yourself evident. You saw it all. Now, whether the 14th Amendment applies, I'll let the court make that decision. But he certainly supported an insurrection. There's no question about it. None. Zero. And uh, he seems to be doubling down on about everything. Anyway. So, pretty clear he's not going to weigh in on the active, you know, litigation, but can say on the matter as it stands, obviously. Trump engaged in insurrection. Now take a look at this. Good at that job. What would you tell President Biden <laughs> after he said he first wasn't going to weigh in and then call the president an irrefutable insurrectionist? Well, look, I think the bigger threat to democracy is what Donald Trump did, which was trying to overturn an election. So you're not going to answer my question. I think President Biden is right. 
I'm, I was about to, Harris. I think President Biden is right not to weigh in on the court cases. The Supreme Court will undoubtedly take this up. It's a pretty right-wing activist court. I think they will rule in Donald Trump's favor. But it is curious to me how Republicans pledge such fidelity to the Constitution, except when it's inconvenient for their candidate, who we all saw but with our own eyes, encouraged rioters to attack the Capitol. And to be very clear, Republicans had no problem with the courts deciding an election in 2000. And Democrats, or excuse so me, voted of all parties, Democrats, Republicans should be concerned, regardless of the legal case, Harris. So, Maria, Donald you Trump, are doing what the president Republican did. Nominee. You're weighing in on a case. And I know you what? say, oh, he's not weighing in, but he did because he said he's an irrefutable <laughs> he insurrectionist. Jason, I know you want to jump in. Go ahead. But but Harris, that's not but that Maria, wasn't a legal argument. Let Jason that's jump a in. You guys one. can go back and forth. That's a go ahead, Jason. One, right? Murray, you, you're accusing him of being an insurrectionist, but he wasn't charged with that mm -hmm. and he wasn't convicted of it. In fact, when it came to the impeachment part, he was found not guilty. So how are you going to exclude somebody because from Republicans a ballot who was away. never convicted of a crime? I'm actually not arguing that he shouldn't be on the ballot. The legal argument to me is a separate one, and I think the Supreme hmm. Court will settle that. I'm, I'm all for more people being on ballots, not less. That's what I think is better for our democracy. I'm making okay. a political case here that the Republican presumptive nominee tried to overturn an no, election. We, we get has that. Been charged we get with that, Marie, of felony but the point that we are and arguing be today for those reasons. has to do with yeah. what Colorado has done. And I, I want to make sure I understand you. So what you're saying is it was wrong to take Trump off the ballot. And what you're also saying is politically, that's not what want, I said. OK, so you think he should be taken off the ballot? I am not a legal expert. I think the 14th Amendment is uh, is a gray area where legal experts across the partisan divide have different opinions on what actually it okay. says. And again, Republicans pledge fidelity to the Constitution most times, except for right yes. now, which is curious to me. The court no, will weigh but, in on this. Marie, um, Donald Trump should be held okay. accountable. He Jason, should be. And I don't know what that looks like, but he should be. We do pledge uh, fidelity to the Constitution. And if you're convicted of being an insurrectionist, yeah, you're excluded. But he was never even charged with it. And he was not convicted of it. All right. Well, I think previously, Josiah, years ago, I would have told you that Fox News wouldn't go this far. Meaning now they're willing, just for business purposes, to say, let's get elected the guy who tried to, for the first time in American history, say, mm-mm-mm-mm-mm no peaceful transfer of power i'm not doing that whole democracy thing i'm keeping myself in power even though i lost and i know i lost but i won't accept it and i was obviously wrong but it doesn't matter right we media now all right perfect we're on board we're going to try to make the case that that was all perfectly fine and then the weird pretending from harris faulkner that she doesn't understand the difference between biden weighing in on specifically the decision or what the Supreme Court might decide and just saying you're asking me about the issue and I'll leave it up to the courts to figure out the constitutionality of what Trump did but I can tell you yes he engaged in insurrection it's self-evident that's the perfect response from the president he doesn't have to go I won't talk about the time my predecessor tried to overthrow American democracy he should mention that but he's saying he won't weigh in on the litigation specifically perfectly fine yeah, so I've got a lot to say about all of that, and just indulge me here for a minute. So, <clears throat> number one, um, President Biden answered the question tactfully when they asked him about the Colorado Supreme Court decision. But I want to make this very clear to everybody. The president is under no obligation 
legal or ethically or otherwise, to not give an opinion. If Joe Biden wanted to walk up to those reporters and say, you know what, I think they got it 100% correct, and it doesn't matter that the Supreme Court's reviewing it, because the president is also entitled to First Amendment protections. Donald Trump never said no comment to anything, <laughs> even when he was president. He gave his opinion all the time. It would perhaps be inappropriate if the Department of Justice were involved in the Supreme Court case because Biden's the head of the Department of Justice ultimately, but they're not, and so it's okay. So Harris Faulkner is again trying to grade Biden on a curve. No, 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 Biden shouldn't talk about this. Well, no, he can if he wants to, and you would be okay with it if it were Donald Trump, number one. Number two, to your point, he actually didn't contradict himself at all because he even says it in his answer. Like, listen, is Donald Trump an insurrectionist? Yeah, of course, it's self-evident. Now, the legal question as to whether or not that applies, you know, the 14th Amendment applies, he says, I'll leave that up to the courts. So there was no contradiction there at all. Absolutely. Number three. Oh, sorry. No, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, 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 I was just going to say, number three, um, uh, Marie Harn, uh, the, the blonde correspondent there, I mean, she brought the receipts. Like, she was incredible. And she made the point, which I, this is so important, it is important friends, to point out the Republican Party's double standard every chance you get and be unapologetic about it. When you're having a conversation, if for whatever reason you dare to go here, if you have a conversation or a debate with uh, a MAGA uncle or a Republican friend or whatever, and they want to talk about that, you should bring up the double standard. And the thing that I always find it's important is to ask a Republican who has an opinion on this, what if the shoe was on the other foot? How would you feel if it was Trump making an opinion or a Supreme Court making a decision against a Democrat? And it's important to pursue that. Luke does this all the time in his conversations, uh, and certainly with Mocha's with MAGA, too. And it leads to some of the best moments. It's important to get them on the record. I'm asking you, you say this is your standard. Well, what if the shoe was on the other foot? Because very often they'll hesitate. And I love how she pointed that out. She said, listen. You all talk about a Supreme Court making a decision. In Bush v. Gore in 2000, a partisan vote on the United States Supreme Court when justices appointed by Republican presidents made a decision which made a Republican president in 2000. Not a peep from Harris Faulkner, I imagine, or Jason, I think his name is Shavitz. Not a peep from him too, I imagine. Where's your outrage there? If it's okay for that to be the case, why can't this state Supreme Court make a partisan decision in the opposite direction? Unless, of course, it's really not about the courts and it's really just about whatever outcome you like. And I think it is important to relentlessly hammer that point win in the discussion and i'm glad she did yeah the next Sorry, thing i, I want to do no it. i love it i absolutely <laughs> so, love it the yeah. next thing i want to do is go through some examples of what we've seen on fox news specifically pushing this rhetoric that's saying oh they're trying to cause violence they are the left but they keep doing this and there's gonna be civil unrest there's gonna be backlash or violence encouraging it take a look it feels like the left wants violence because that's where this is going we're being baited so their actions are justified that's how it feels the more the left overplays their hand the scarier this gets it doesn't make what you're saying any more acceptable when you go they want you to be violent they're they're doing things that would obviously make you justifiably want to be violent you know huh <laughs> oh it's so dangerous uh and 
as I said previously with the Harris Faulkner clip, I don't get how even all the money and the fame and the ratings, anything could make you sleep at night properly when you're doing stuff like this, when you're spewing garbage out in the world. And these are smart people. They have to know the wrong and they have to know this is absurd, but they're choosing to broadcast to a massive audience of people, many of which don't know better, the message of what the evil, satanic, radical left, socialist, Marxist, communist, fascist, all those terms go together when Trump does them. Um, they are making you want to be violent, right? Yeah, so so again, projection. As I've said when we did a, a video about Lauren Bober, more projection than a movie theater. You know, again, Ben Shapiro, right-wing darling, said very famously, facts don't care about your feelings, gang. Facts don't care about your feelings, folks. And to right-wing commentators, I say this, the facts are abundantly clear. The left is considerably less violent overall than the right. And the right has become increasingly more violent since Donald Trump became the cult leader of the modern Republican Party. Those are the facts. And let me just jump in and say, there are, you can have facts in this world, stats can verify things, and there can actually be a truth on this. Every time I've said that same point, that people go, <laughs> Trump supporters, and go, no, the left's way more violent. I know that has, is it, uh, excuse me, is how you feel because you watch Fox News and they only show you the left-wing examples, but this isn't a matter of opinion. Whenever we analyze politically motivated violence, way more right-wing, sorry. One, no, 100%. And it's correlated with Trump's rhetoric, his increasingly deranged and unhinged rhetoric. And again, we see it. So when Trump was indicted the in Georgia, the Georgia grand jury, they were doxxed and the recipients of death threats. Judge Tanya Chutkin, who is presiding over Trump's D.C. court case, she has been the recipient of death threats. The Colorado Supreme Court, which just kicked Trump off the ballot, they've been the recipients of death threats. The Trump... The Trump part of the MAGA movement is inherently violent. Donald Trump is an inherently violent demagogue, and he isn't stopping. Like He is actively encouraging it among his base, and the stats support it. So when Laura Ingram and Jesse Waters talk about the violence of the left, again, they have no credibility. That's not to say that the left has never been violent and never can't be violent. But we shouldn't traffic in false equivalences. There is a clear and meaningful difference. As violent as the left can be, statistically speaking, it's been affirmed again and again and again with respect to politically motivated violence. It is a fact the right is worse. And anyone who tells you otherwise, folks, if you're watching, they're either lying or they're politically biased, deluded in a way that you would not possibly believe. It's one of those two options. And for some reason, I'm going to end this segment on a clip of Kellyanne Conway saying this. Trump on those grounds or that he's been convicted. So it is in doubt. And when you look at what I just think the Democrats wake up every morning, Emily, and they look at the calendar. The iPhone says January 6, 2021. The date never changes. And then they get an electric vehicle and go get an abortion. I just described the Democratic Party <laughs> oh to you in seven seconds. Um, that's it. That's what I see. But and I cover that clip, Josiah, initially on a bonus show, LukeBeasleyShow.com slash membership to get access. Uh, and aside from the electric vehicle getting an abortion, we can just ignore that. That's her trying to be funny. The January 6th thing, 
Yeah, sort of. Sort of. I'm thinking about January 6th, meaning the overall attempt by Trump to stop the peaceful transfer of power because we're deciding on whether or not he should be president again as a country every single day. You're exactly right. That is on my calendar every single day to think about the fact that right now we have somebody who tried to block peaceful transfer power, the fake elector scheme, the pressuring of local election officials, the invoking uh, or inciting of a mob to attack the Capitol. Also, let's just remind ourselves joking about being a dictator, joking, um, saying he's going to lock up his political enemies if he gets into office again, call for the termination of the Constitution, called for or alluded to the execution of his former top general because he was not licking Trump's boots enough. This is absolutely something, especially if you keep up with politics. You, sh you should be thinking about every single day. Kellyanne Conway is correct on that. Yeah, so a couple of things. Number one, I can't believe we're ending this clip on Kellyanne Conway or this, this video on Kellyanne Conway. We're supposed to end things on a high note, Luke, and you chose one of the lowest notes imaginable, so shame on you. Uh, second, you name dropped your website. I will say, definitely get a membership, but also you all should check out like the news section Free. because there is a very, very good and studly writer who works for LukeBeasleyShow.com slash news. It's good stuff. I, it is. It's, it's not bad. It's not bad stuff. But the other thing is, nobody should apologize on the left or people who, you don't even have to be on the left. There are a lot of conservatives who feel this way, Prince, actual principled conservatives, as rare as they seem. Never apologize, folks, for being focused on January 6th and the implications of Donald Trump's attempts to overthrow an election. To sweep it under the rug, especially when he's the Republican frontrunner still and hasn't faced yet any real meaningful consequences for his actions, it's perfectly fair, perfectly. It would actually be unreasonable, I would argue, to not be really worried about that, to go, ah, you know, it happened, whatever, Trump's not going to do it again. That is unreasonable. He has no limiting principle. He has not been taught a sufficient lesson. Like even now, he's been charged. He has not been convicted. He is not serving jail time yet. There's the threat of him potentially being removed from the ballot. It hasn't happened yet, except in Colorado. And that decision was stayed pending review by the United States Supreme Court. We have every reason to be absolutely concerned about January 6th and a repeat. Never apologize for that and never allow Trump's actions to be normalized. And that's hard. I struggle with it as somebody who despises what Trump has done to the Republican Party. I have my own politics channel where I talk about this quite a bit. Even I find myself going, ah, and then moving on. We shouldn't do that. We should be horrified yeah. by Trump's actions when they happen. Absolutely. One more time, plug everybody with your channel, Josiah. Yeah, I appreciate that. Folks, uh, you can find me at youtube.com slash at pondering politics, one word. And Luke, I appreciate the invitation. It's always fun to do this with you.